Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Gallant View Rangers podcast, our Christmas special. First of all, a very Merry Christmas to one and all. Hope you're having a lovely time with your family and your loved ones. My name is Santa Colin. I will be the host for the Transfer Wishlist uh, special. Here to join me, my two merry little elves. First of all, for the Deep South, Mason Stewart. Yeah, thanks for having us on, Colin. You look brilliant with that hat on, mate. Uh, very, very festive. But yeah, just to all the listeners, hope you're having a, an excellent Christmas and the uh, Rangers keep winning. And not quite Father Christmas, but like Father of the podcast, and um, almost um, we we like to gather around this gentleman, listen to the tales of yesteryear, the the voice of Velvet that he has, Davy Park. Well, it's good to be here, Santa, and just a wish a merry Christmas to everyone. First of all, I'd like to start with not so much a complaint as an observation about the present that you sent us last year. One, Mister Aaron Ramsey, could you? Uh, <laughs> Is there any chance of improving on that this year? Well, that's why we've done this pod. I think um, on reflection of last January, the Gallonfield didn't put a, a transfer wish list podcast. And also Ross Wilson had nothing to base his research on, so we're going to help him out here. So the format of the show, we've got five players we want to get through. Um, some have been all rumoured at some point over the last couple of years. Um Come to the Rangers, we're going to chat through um, how realistic they would be and where they would fit in. Um, just to give the listeners a little bit of an insight into um, the background of the podcasting, we were all meant to bring one or two players each. David Paul didn't give his homework, so I'm going to limp him with a random uh, rumour. Um, he's going to have to wing his way through. But Mason, kick us off. I believe you... Your first signing um, that you would want to see come in in January potentially is a centre-back. Talk us through who and why you would want to sign him. Yeah, so we was previously linked with uh, Jake Cooper of Millwall uh, a couple of years ago when Gerard was was there, uh, left-sided centre-half, and we ended up signing Phil Hollander. So um, that one went, I think Millwall wanted too much money for him. He's someone that... You know, living down here um, with, a, with a lot of Millwall um, work friends, um, you know, hear a lot about him and, and sort of, he, you know, I think he'd really suit um, Scottish football in terms of, you know, the league up there. I think he's he's really good in the air, both boxes. Um, he's 27 and, and the, the winner for me, he's out of contract in, in the summer and it, it looks like he wants a, a new challenge. Um, I know centre-halves are not, um, we have got a lot of centre-halves at the minute. 
Um, but I think we've seen recently um, over the, you know this season that it is really important. Ben Davis is one with the left side of centre half we brought in, but I think Phil Hollander will be leaving uh, in the summer, and I think he will need replaced. So I, I see that as, as as a perfect fit. Um, and, and as I said, with, with Connor Goldson's injury as well, it's going to take time for him to, to get up speed. John Suter's, we don't know what's happening with John Suter as well. Um, you know, Leon King as well. So yeah, maybe maybe not the, the sort of first pick in terms of centre half, but he's someone that that I was that you know, I've been looking at, and I think he'd be a really good signing at twenty seven. He's played every minute for Millwall this season. No injuries, um, you know, in the last couple of years, which I'm sure we'll have something to say about that. But I think Bill would, would know him as well. And I just think that someone that can defend our box is, is absolutely huge. And, and, and I'd be, I'd really like to see Jake Cooper, maybe not, if not in January, on, on a, in a pre-contract for the summer. Davey, um, I think the interesting thing about this window coming up um, in January it's not just for the here and now. We've got a massive rebuild job on our hands. And I think signing, we do need to start be looking at getting players in, in settled for next year. And even if we can't get them in for next year, I think we need to start looking, at, looking ahead to our summer business for the, the ones we can get over the line in January. Who can we start negotiating with in, in the summer? So with uh, Jake Cooper's contact aspiring, in the summer, we could potentially maybe time move to do um, a pre-contact agreement. In terms of the need for a centre-half, um, what's your thoughts on that? I think our priorities, our higher priorities are elsewhere in the side. <clears throat> in midfield, we need a right-winger, we need a goalkeeper. So we have a few centre-halves. And we've yet to find out you know, what the best combination I mean, it would appear that it would be Connor Goldson and Ben Davis, but I think they've only uh, actually had one game together. So, the one full game. So, so, Ben Davis, you know, actually has just indicated in the last couple of days that, you know, he had the kind of groin issue and he's uh, hopefully just coming out of that. We know Connor Goldson's now back. So, I would hopefully see Connor Goldson and Ben Davis uh, forming a, a, a partnership, you know, which uh, will we'll see us through the rest of this season. Uh, and we can then possibly reassess centre-halves in the summer. We've got John Souter, we've got Leon King, uh, we've got James Sands, you know, but uh, James Sands has been kind of lumped in there. Uh, so we do have other options at centre, so we've got, and we've got, some, we've got some cover, whereas I think the midfield probably is our greatest priority at the moment. You know, we don't know where Kamara is. We've got Ryan Jack, who's, you know, is, do we give him another contract or do we try and improve the quality? So I, I think the, the midfield would be a higher priority, which is why, you know, although, you know, I got the default man of uh, Lewis Ferguson. Lewis Ferguson is Oh, you've spoiled who, it. You've spoiled it. The mm-hmm. listeners were on the edge of their seat wondering who David was going to bring. <laughs> no, I think I think if they've read any uh, my posts in, uh, in social media, it would, it's a name that they'll be familiar with, yeah. so... No, we'll, we'll come to Lewis in due course, but just on the centre half coverage, Davy. Um, um, I think you need a minimum of four capable centre halves. Um, I don't always like including young, like the youngsters, the untried and tested youngsters, in one of the four. But at the same time, it's very difficult to get four first team quality centre halves. I'm looking ahead to the summer and Philip Hollander's out of contact and. I'm a betting man and I would put everything I own in God's earth. I'd even put next Christmas's um, wish list on Rangers not extending that contact. I look at the long-term future of John Suter. Is he going to be able to be relied upon? So without Hillander and Suter, you're potentially down to Golson Davies and King. Would that change your your mind in terms of needing a centre-half? No, it wouldn't because we've got Leon King there, and and you know we have a higher there's more value to be added to our team by prioritising other areas. A right winger being you know probably next after midfield, and then goalkeeper before I would get to centre half. So in my opinion, the centre half situation is going to lower down our list of priorities than our than other areas. So that's what I would be. Because we're going to have limited resources here. We need to spend our money wisely. 
we need to Ross King to uh, play an absolute blinder in January, you know, for us to up the quality of the squad. So I'm hoping that he will be uh, burning the midnight oil, looking at the options which are available. I hope his uh, Christmas holiday is very short because he sh- he will be uh, making calls, making contacting you know, people who are available, who will strengthen our squad. And also on the other side, contacting, you know, possible clubs for moving on some of the, and and agents, you know, to move on some of the people who don't have a long term with Rangers. It's going to happen at both ends, ins and outs. He's due a very short holiday because the guy's been in constant holiday for um, the most part of his tenure at Rangers. Uh, Mason, I really come to you, so I can see the need for a set and a half, David, not so much so, but hypothetically, if we were to move for a set and a half, I think you've picked somebody definitely in the right profile where we, I'd want us to be looking at. I think they need to, to sign players who can add value and contribute regularly to the first team. He's 27 year old right now, approaching the PT's career potentially for a set and a half. <coughs> These experiences got Three hundred, what well, about three hundred and thirty games um, at Championship level? Two hundred seventy-five for Millwall. Um, is a very decent career. Again, adding that left-sided, which is a bit of a rarity um, in centre half. So to get two would give you that cover and give that balance. Um, so hypothetically, if we were to go for it, I think it does fit a lot of the bills that we would potentially look for. Yeah, that's it. And when 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 you're trying to look at players, I try to be as realistic as I can. Sometimes not you know, not hitting a, a certain level because we don't know the, the money situation. And what we have got to remember is, you know, the, the money that to sack uh, Van Bronckhorst and his coaching staff, that would have, that you know, that's going to affect the budget going forward and obviously to bring Bill in as well. So, you know, we are trying, we are going to try and look for the, the best deals. I don't see us going to spend 10 million in January, but I think you're spot on, Colin. We need to be looking for the summer in January. I think that the next two windows are absolutely massive for for Bill and, and for the football club going forward. So things need to start now. And um, if we can get players in earlier, great. But obviously we need to to, to move players on as well because the wage bill at the moment is way too high. That, that's a big one for Bill. I think he needs to go in and be ruthless. But just just a point point on Jake Cooper. I think you, you've summed him up really well. There, he's you know he's someone that that I first heard of when when Gerard first um, first come in and, and was looking at a left sided centre half, and then you kind of. You know, like any player we link with, you sort of keep an eye on. But obviously, with 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 my old workplace, you know, and the boys I speak to, they're they're mad me all season ticket holders, and and you know, they they absolutely rave about him. So then you go, right, I'm going to watch him myself. And anytime I watch him, he's he's really good in both boxes. And and as you said, I'm big on um, the balance of the back four. I think that left side is centre half has to be left footed. Um, and I think we've seen uh, a John Suter. Um, come in and the couple of games he has played for us, he hasn't looked comfortable there. So I do think that that's somewhere that that we're going to have to um, strengthen in with uh, Phil Hollander going in as uh, going as you said as well. Yeah, so it'd be good to see in the comments what the listeners think of um, maybe a on Jake Cooper as a potential signing, but also b like the need for a second half as well because I, I can't see why. I don't know. I'm probably I'm probably thinking blue sky if we can um, get cover for every position, but I can understand why it's no necessarily top of the the shopping list. So it'd be good to get the listeners' um, opinions in the comments. You know, it's just a shout out. Well, we're feeling a bit lonely uh, tonight, guys. Also, about recording ahead of Christmas, so you don't have to log on to YouTube on Christmas Day. Um, but usually, you know, there's um, there's an odd comment here and, here and there about Mason's teeth, um, somebody heckling me about talking nonsense and just general praise for David Park. So we're missing the the usual um, aye, the, the usual rear guard that we get on the YouTube comments. Um, hope you're all having a great Christmas. Davey, we're going to move further ahead in the midfield, and this is the first of three midfielders that we're going to talk about. This is one of my suggestions. So, Josh Onoma from Fulham. So, he was rumoured over the last um, month or so about somebody who Rangers could potentially be looking uh, keep an eye on. This is very hard when it's a paper talk because... It could be agents just saying, oh, right, we want to get this lad a move, or let's, um, let's just pick random clubs here and there. Or it might have been that one time over the last 18 months, Rangers have asked what's his availability, and then that is technically keeping tabs on them. Um, so it's hard to 
hard to decide how much uh, weight that carries, but just to describe him, Davey, so he's um he's out of contract um again uh in the summer for film. So again, I, I'm kinda of going along the same lines of Mason here about is this somebody that we can potentially get get on the cheap in terms of uh transfer fee and compensate for wages. He's twenty He's 25 just now. He would be 26 by the time that he signed if he was to sign. So his career so far, 15 appearances for Sheffield Wednesday, 32 for Spurs, 37 for Aston Villa and 76 appearances for Fulham, although he has fallen out of favour since they've gone back into the um, into the Premiership. Um, forward thinking. I think um, the the youth of today would describe him as a number eight. He's not quite as um, the free role that you're going to get with the likes of Yanis Hadjil, Malik Tillman, but probably what we've been lacking, um, that number eight, that dynamic box-to-box midfielder, what we aye, what we sorely needed uh, for the last couple of years. Um, I don't know how much you know about Josh Onama himself, but if you don't, what's your thoughts on that type of signing, Davey? Oh, yeah, it's absolutely more than required. We're desperate to, you know, to improve the midfield. You know, we've got, you know, the we, we've we just seem not to have turned over. We've got Tom Lawrence who's come in and you know is now injured. So, and Tom Lawrence certainly early doors has looked apart in terms of offering us, you know, a, a goal threat, particularly from you know maybe outside the box, but uh, making runs, you know, getting on the end of things. But certainly. Uh, from some of the players that we have that we need to be replacing, you know, there'll be the Steve Davis, there'll be Scott Arfield type players, you know, who we need someone who's going to be contributing maybe 12, 15 goals a season, you know, with, with maybe and the assists and double figures as well, because uh, we have been very light of late. Whip. I think we need to improve the quality overall of our quality. Dynamism, you know, the intensity, Get a lower the, the average age of our, our midfielders, if nothing else. You know, we need to uh, refresh all that, which is we should be doing transfer window on transfer window when the opportunities arise. We just seem to have kind of stood still, you know, post 55, which is a bit of a concern. I know we've had, uh, you know, Gerard leave, Gio come in, and, it, and all these things take time, you know, in the transition from one regime to the next, in the assessing and the establishment of priorities. But it's a disruption we could do without. But now that Michael Beale is here, and Michael Beale will be bringing with him a whole load of knowledge about players who will be available in, in you know that market, which uh, the the boy from film would certainly be a, a good candidate. Certainly, his pedigree in terms of the club he's played for looks good, and uh, it's, it's someone. It would really depend on the price because clearly, playing for film in the, in the Premier League. He's going to be commanding a salary. You know, Mason's already indicated we need to get the salary down. For for us to get, you know take someone from Fulham and get the salary down means that two other people probably have to leave. So as long as he's uh, factored into that, you know, and and Ross Wilson can make the whole thing because there'll be a number of pieces to this jigsaw. It's just not there's not one piece at a time. Unfortunately, it's the whole thing is uh, considered as a whole. So if it, that could be done, you know, I would be delighted to take uh, someone from Fulham, no doubt about it. You know, because they all have gone through a championship season last season, getting back to you know, so they all have been uh, involved in big games. They'll know what's uh, they'll, the standard that you know the the intensity of the championship is probably closer to Scottish football than your Premier League, where you know the standard of player there. But so he's been over the course. And I'm sure if uh, would ultimately the decision rests with Michael Beale, but it's certainly that type of player that we we would be looking at to bring in uh, and, and uh, You feel that Michael Beale, with his time spent in England and various different levels uh, in the English football and tier, you do feel as if he would he, he would know he would have further research into the English market, and it's a really good point you make, Davy, about. The cost. I mean, obviously, the the reason um, that we aren't bringing Neymar, Cristiano Ronaldo, and Mbappe to the to the fold is because we're trying to be realistic. 
And I think a lot of it would depend. I think there will be option A if we can get rid of X, Y, and Z Deadwood from the current squad. Option B if we can all get rid of two of them. So I think, and that's the way we should be conducting our business. Mason, um, I don't know um, with um, with your Premier League correspondent, I'll nominate you as. Um, how much have you seen a Josh Onama? I've not seen loads, Colin, but what I have seen, he, he reminds me of Gang Kamara quite a lot. Um, he is he is more sort of forward thinking, but he's not really a goal scoring midfielder. Um, doesn't mean that that I, I know I, I do want a goal scoring midfielder. Don't get me wrong, but I think we're going to need a few midfielders. So um, I, I wouldn't be against the signing. I think he's actually quite a good pick. Um, he's you know he's he's fell out of favour at Fulham in a minute, but as you said, when you get into that that, that sort of you know the Premier League again, that the quality does go up. I think he played a lot of games last season. Um, he's at a good age um, come through the youth at Spurs and, and when he was coming through the youth at, youth at Spurs they were absolutely raving about him so m- maybe there is again Bill is I think he's going to be looking for them types of players that that, that he said the other day in his press conference he's, he's looking at players that, that, that are not finished up and that's why Colin as you said we're not shouting for Ronaldo's and Bappe's because we, you know we're realistic in terms of the players we get are not going to be you know done and, and, and the finished article. So I do see more years in, in, in him and, and I do think he would be a, a good a good signing. And I, fi- I think he fits the bill, certainly. Yeah, well, I hope you're listening, Mr Wilson. Um, that's, um, that's three yeses, the first time of this show. There we go. Um, David, we're going to stay with the, the midfield team and I'm going to hand over to you. Um, you've already teased the listeners with your suggestions. So let's go into a bit of detail on why Rangers should try and move for Lewis Ferguson. Well, Lewis Ferguson, he's, he's one of us. He's one of our tribe. He's a, he's Scottish uh, by being one of our tribe. So it's it would help. And he knows exactly what he's walking into. You know, obviously, he's got family connections, which go back decades with our club. So there is a, there's no surprises for this boy when he arrives. I, we we spoke that there was rumours mm-hmm. at the time when he was at Hamilton and that uh, Rangers were uh, I don't know whether it was it's got as far as discussions but we certainly uh, there was rumours at the time that we were going to take him from Hamilton. We ended up taking Doherty from Ham- Hamilton and then he moves on to Aberdeen. But I think that the contribution he's he's purpose built for our midfield in terms of goals. You know he he knows the level of commitment that will be required. He knows exactly what he's walking into. And I think with, with a Ranger shirt on his back, you know, we'll just add him that extra incentive. The quality's there for me, and I think there's f- potential and further development there as well. You know, he's now uh, breaking into the Scotland squad, so there's it's not only uh, Bologna, but obviously the, the Scotland setup. you know, of, of, of see the potential in this player. So I think it would certainly be a two or three million pounds well spent if if we could get him from Bologna for that sort of money, because uh, he's he just he just comes and hits the ground running. There's there's not much we need to teach him. Michael Beale will get him on the training ground, and, and hopefully you know there'll be a further improvement and development of of Lewis, you know when when he gets in within the club. But he. Uh, there's so many of the boxes already ticked before he arrives. There's so many of the unknowns. Some more of the unknowns are known with Lewis Ferguson than when we go to uh, Fulham, and uh, and Andy Scottish, which clearly helps. You know the the number of Scots in our squad. So it would be. Mason, uh, <clears throat> I'll I'll come to yourself, Mason. Get your thoughts on it, and it's a really interesting one because in the summer. Or even oh, the last few windows, I've not been a fan of. Like I, I didn't buy any going to going for Lewis Ferguson because I didn't think he he got in <coughs> ahead of Jack Kamara, um, or Lonesome. But having look at how our midfields turned out and the hype around Lewis Ferguson for Scotland and Bologna, I like I ah, it would have added value. Um, probably my my biggest question is. Rangers will spend money over the next two two windows in terms of fees. Um, it's probably what fee would Bologna demand and is he the person to add that fee on? 
So this was an absolute no-brainer for me in the summer. This was someone that was right at the top of one of the top top of my list because the midfield has been a problem area for me and anyone that listens to the pod over the last 18 months has heard me constantly moaning about our midfield. And, and I agree with David P what he said earlier. I think that is the priority. The midfield is the priority. We haven't spent any money on this, you know, serious money on, on this midfield. For, well, I think Morris Edu was the last time we spent you know, money on that. That's yeah. a great pub quiz question, isn't it? Who's the last player Rangers spent money on for the midfield? You know, and, and I'm talking about centre midfield. Obviously, there's Carlos Pena, which you know I, I don't want to talk about Carlos Pena at all, to be honest. So, uh, but we have, we have to be honest. I've got, got, got to give credit to, to you know to get Ryan Jack on a free, to get Glenn Kamara for fifty grand, and get the, you know Arfield on a free from 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 the Premier League. There has been value in that market, but I think we're seeing now the lack of real goals and assists from from that number eight position um and lewis ferguson i just don't i've said it on previous pods but i don't understand you know the snobbery uh against it to be honest because we've you know it, it, as davy said he comes in and hits the ground running and, and that's why i would have signed josh doig as well just going away i would have signed josh doig instead of yulmaz in, in in the summer because i think for the same reason and yulmaz might you know you know turn out next season to be an incredible signing but i just think that coming in knows the league you know, Scottish knows the football club. It just helps. And uh, Lewis Ferguson in that midfield, you're getting someone that gets goals as well. Um, and we've seen us in both boxes this season really struggle. And I think Lewis Ferguson in both boxes is brilliant. Um, and he's got that little bit of bite about him, which which away from home, I think we really struggle with. Um, when we go to places like Patodri, Easter Road, uh, I do think, but, but he, he could, as I said, to go to get in the box and get goals, that, that you know, you, that, that, you can't buy that. Um, so I think that the only problem we've got now, he's only been at Bologna six months. I can't, you know, I was surprised, Colin, you said there he played nine games, 10 games for, for Bologna this season. He's got three goals in the 10, which ain't bad. But uh, maybe he, he, you know, it, it, he, he might want to stay there longer now. He, he might look at it and think, no, I'm, I want to stay in Italy now because why didn't Rangers have had two chances to come in for me at Hamilton and now Aberdeen? You know, and that we've, you know, the managers, all the managers we've had in that time, of no one took the took, took the gamble. So, you know, there might be a point of him that wants to go and prove himself in in, in a top five league as well. Mason, just quickly on that, how much would Rangers have to spend over the next two windows? Do you think to bring in Lewis Ferguson? Because that's a really point. That's a really good point I wanted to uh, bring up. There's been a massive. Um, hype around Lewis Ferguson because he scored those three goals for Bologna but he's not been a mainstay in that team he's only played that 10 games and I think that's um, maybe adding a wee bit of context um, to his journey he is still developing I, I think what, what did they pay I don't think they paid they didn't pay 3 million I think it was around 2 million with, with, with a few add-ons I think they want double their money won't they and another thing is they're going to look at someone like Aaron Hickey as well which took a little bit of time and then he made himself a first-team regular. And then they've just gone and made, what, was it 15 million he went to Brentford for? So, you know, Belonghi might look at this differently and think, four million, you can you can run. We're going to we're gonna go and double that again uh, next year, which makes him out of our reach. So would, now that, that brings back the question, are we going to spend four million on Lewis Ferguson? But that's what I honestly think that, that around that figure, if, if it was to happen, that's what we'd have to pay. Davey, final word than you in... I'm going to ask you, to, so um, you guys are bringing me closer and closer to the edge of jumping on the Lewis Ferguson bandwagon. I think if we could get him for £2 million and out, I'd absolutely snap him up. But on what Mason was saying, £4 million is probably going to be uh, like at least um, that, that, that price range. And Rangers won't spend, Rangers won't have too many £4 million players coming in. So... I'm kind of torn between two. That on one hand, there is probably better players than Lewis Ferguson we get for four million pound. But I'm waiting. I'm waiting for you to convince me. Is he the guy that that four million pound just gets you consistency and value over the next three four years? Do you see him being a long term developing into a long term mainstay for Rangers? Well, I think you know because. Thinking about Lewis Ferguson, there would be no, you know, you would get the players to Ibrox and see, you know, get them to the stadium. This on, just show them, you know, walk in the front door, then you know their their jaw will drop, and then get them down the tunnel into the. Lewis, that's not required, Lewis Ferguson. He's been in the ground hundreds of times, you know, as a boy. 
and you know his dad and, and his uncle, so he knows exactly what he's walking into. So in, in that respect, you know, he's, he's what we, we discussed there. He's low risk. He knows exactly what he's walking into. He knows what's required. So he comes. The expectation is all. He already knows what the expectation is. So there's so many of the boxes ticked. If we can go, you know, down south or, or, or go to the continent and pay three million pounds for Matondo. Surely we can pay four million pounds for a signing who is who is so low risk that I mean so much of the risk has been taken out of it, you know, as to what you're doing here. That, and would you pay four million for a player that age? You know, you can have him for five, six, seven years. You know, then uh, I, I would be doing it. I would be doing it. I know the the money will not be the budget's not going to be huge, so we have to spend wisely. But. It's, it's the risk that you take. So, yeah, there may be other players available, but they may not be. Whereas you pretty much know what you're getting. Well, as, as much as you can with any signing. You know, we've seen his track record in terms of, you know, we know his, his stats in terms of fitness. So all, we, all there is to know about this player, we already know. And he comes, you know, with the... with the, with the background, you know, he comes with the pedigree. So that... And, and the potential, you know, for, for what's ahead, you know. And, and Bologna, you would have to say, if can I beat this to the punchline here? Because I think for maybe two and a half million, we, we would have them already. So, which is a bit of a shame, but we've chosen to go elsewhere. But let's let's learn from that. And and he's a Scottish player, so I would be doing it. I mean, there's, there comes a point at which you, you just have to walk away from it and say, you know, if they start talking four and a half, five million pounds... Because four million pounds, we're talking about that for James Sands. Will we be spending four million pounds for James Sands in the summer, or would you go and get Lewis Ferguson for the, for your four million pounds? I know what I would do, but it's uh, it'll be Michael B on Ross Wilson and, and and the rest of the management team will they'll sit down and thrash this out and and decide where we we best spend our money. No, but that's um. I've I've spoken in the pod that I think there is potential in James Sands and he can definitely be a player for a couple of years to come. But when you put it like that, is is that James Sands or Lewis Ferguson? And it does kind of bring it home a wee bit more. And I think one thing we do need to start getting ahead round as well. We're having a we're seeing a lot of homegrown players going to start to move on for one reason or, or another. The likes of your Scott Wright, who's just not adding value. Scott Arfield, Alan McGregor, coming to the end of their ten- tenure. Um, as we do need to look at the, the homegrown market. And uh, you're right, I know we spoke about that and maybe a month ago on one of the pods about you were calling me a, um, a Scottish football snobbery because I didn't want MD for the league, apart from the, the last suggestion I've got. But I think it is something that we, we do need to, to realise um, that some of the best Rangers teams we've all watched were from players <laughs> bought from within the league and also we've got the quota to fill for um, the European squads that X amount have to be homegrown. Um, the last midfield that we're going to talk about uh, tonight, Mason, I'm going to hand over to you. Have a an extra Christmas song to you if you can pronounce the boy's name correctly in the first goal. Um, he's, uh, do you know what? I'm probably going to get it wrong here, but it's Hugo Vetlesson. Um, he's from Bodo Glimp, and, and you know I love a Bodo Glimp player. Um, I've been banging about him. Uh, I wonder why. I wonder. <laughs> um, you know the the Solbakken one was Ola Solbakken was the was the first one, and then the striker. I can't remember his name right now. He went on to Syria, and then um, you know this is the next one. He's 22. He scored 16 goals from from midfield last season in 29 games, 12 assists, um, and he's he made his debut for, for Norway not too long ago. I think he's going to be one that that, that does move on to to a bit bigger and better things. I think that that, that Bodo have said that they're they're accepting that. Um, I think the the manager Nutson again, who was linked with with the Rangers job um, because of the work he, he's done there. But he said he's out of all the, the players he's worked with, um, youngsters. He's he's the, the best one. Um, so I think that that is a market that we don't use enough. The the Scandinavian market. We 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 there's players coming out of there going to to, to, to you know bigger and better things, and, and we're not in that at all. We like the Belgian market too much. We know under Ross Wilson, but but he's one that that, that actually when I when I look at and I've seen his name quite a lot over the last six months. So you end up you know 
reading about him, watching watching him, and, and I think he'd be an, a brilliant signing for us. As I said, 22, you're looking at maybe a two or three million. I think it's, it's a no-brainer. And I do think he's someone that, you know, Bill could, could train. And again, you've got that development. And then we could go and, you know, make big money on him. And, and, and the area, as, as we've already spoke about, that goal-scoring midfielder, which we, we don't have from, from, a, from a number eight, they're, they're hard to get. And that's that's what this boy looks. So um, that is the one that I definitely want to see us at least, you know, asking the question um, because I think it's it's not an unrealistic one. I think that is one that that I could see see happening if we was interested. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Davey, um, I'm going to give you the pros and cons about this way for what I can see so far. Out of the three midfielders, he is the youngest um, and he's showed the, he's showed the best goal ratio out of the three midfielders we're discussing. So for Bodo Quint, for example, 28 goals over two seasons. Um, the cons, obviously any, any foreign player is more of a gamble than somebody who knows the league. And also, he was born after the year 2000, which just makes me feel old as shit. Um, what's your thoughts on on this young fella? I mean, the Scandinavian market, I think as Mason says, you know, is one that we've way underutilised. You know, there are the players that have come out of there, you know, and you look at the performance of their international teams and, and their teams in Europe. You know, in the times that we've come up against them, you know, you wonder why we just don't... Uh, Take half a dozen of them. You know, we ended up getting uh, big Tony goals from who, you know, went eventually come back from Malmo. But uh, we saw that night, you know, in the, the two goals he scored against us, God, there's a player in there, you know, but the, there was a, a few players for that Malmo side I would have thought we could have had a look at. And uh, we just, it just doesn't seem to happen. We just seem to be uh, fixated elsewhere, you know, down south, continental Europe, Dutch markets, Belgian markets. Uh, I just think that there's way there's better value to be had elsewhere. So I'm hoping that we our, our net will be cast far and wide, you know, and that, that we'll have be list a, a list of ten potential candidates and going through the merits. Obviously, you know, being so young, uh, and he's now broken into the international squad. You know, that's immediately going to put a another lump onto the whatever fee we have to pay. But and but that's the gamble that you take, and that's why information, knowledge, which uh, the the management team have to consider, are so important because it's you're in into the classic risk return uh, calculation, you know, because you you know the younger that you go, less experienced they are, the more the risk, but the less you'll pay, and so and and I think we have to get that balance right as well, you know, in terms of signing people who are very young and inexperienced for low fees. But we have to offset that with uh, the less risky purchases, you know, with people who are more experienced and, and a, that wee bit older who are, and have got a better track record, which is just less of a risk. So, and it's getting that balance correct, which is the trick. And you're right, I mean, you've already spoken about it. Over the next few transfer windows, and I think in this, the range of support, I've got a... a a role to play in terms of, you know, our expectations of Michael Beale coming in, you know, and it's not going to be, you know, click your fingers three times and, and all will be well. There's, we're going to be a, a long climb out of here, you know, in terms of where we are. The squad is, go I think we've, between not 
doing it correctly and 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 just letting things slip. You know, I, I would have said that the standard of our squad, you know, in the last couple of years is maybe just kind of creeping down and creeping down. That has to be arrested. That has to be stopped and uh, changes have to be made. So the board will have a, an absolutely crucial role to play in all of this. And, and, and I'm sure they do. They'll have the, the, the discussions, but their commitment has to be absolutely copper-bottomed in terms of, you know, one, two, three transfer windows before we could really, you know, uh, put the jury out and say, you know, has Michael Beale made a difference or not? So it's, we're, we're a long way down the road before we, we uh, the jury returns with that verdict. So, But we need to stick with it because it isn't going to... Because at the same time, Rangers need to keep winning. You know, we have to uh, perform here. So Michael Beale's got some job in his hands and uh, I wish him luck. As do I, and I find most um, most listening to this podcast really hope Michael Beale does well. Um, we'll add that to the the wish list for Santa uh, mm. Mason. Uh, one of the listeners, uh, Charlie, um, in the last uh, record, uh, live show we did, asked about Nicholas Raskin, and he's one that's been rumoured as well um, over the last few weeks. And again, we don't know how much is paper talk, but. I was going to bring him up in more detail, but I think he really fits into the same mould as uh, lesson uh, where Nicholas Rastian is. He's 21 year old. Um, he expires in his contact expires in the summer as well. So uh, along that same lines, you and I are looking at number eight. Um, not quite as good a goal return as well, but he's been playing at a higher level, playing for standard league. I think there'll be more. Um, I think there'll be more interest in him. But the reason I just bring that in is. With all these types of signings, I, I think Davy has hit the nail on the head there that we, we can't bring in six or seven of these guys and just bring in six, seven, 21 year olds. That probably leads to the tailoring of expectations again. Davis, Arfield, and Ryan Jack, not all three of them are going to leave over the next two years. We need that experience left. We do need. Uh, so you're right, Davy. Uh, Mason, I'll get your thoughts on it. We may actually see maybe. Jack and Arfield or Jack and Davis or any two of that three in the summer and then they move on the next year? I think Ryan Jack will stay on that. I think the the ones that I'm looking at, sort of the squad, I think McGregor and Davis will, will, will retire or Davis might go on to play play elsewhere. Scott Arfield is one, that, uh, you know, we, we'll see. Aberdeen game, that's what I'm going to say about, about Scott, Scott Arfield. Um, it's going to be a big six months for him, but I can see Ryan Jack being kept because of, because of that reason, Colin, and obviously you've got to meet the Scottish quota as well. If Ryan Jack was from England or anywhere else, I think he do, I do actually think it, you know it's a very good chance he'd be away. But um, you're spot on with that. I think that's really important that, that we we keep we do have that a little bit of experience. I think we've gone over heavy with experience this year, um, and I don't want to see us make that mistake next year. Um, so uh, for that reason, I think Ryan Jack will, will be kept. But but in terms of, of Raskin, apparently he's turned down um, two more clubs in in Belgium. Um, I think that was on his Instagram, weirdly enough. I'm not saying you really put on your Instagram. Um, and Leeds now are heavily interested. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know. But but Raskin does fit the bill. He fits the bill. He looks a very, very good player. What I don't like about him, he's starting to throw the toys at the pram. And I'm thinking, like, as, yeah. as much, in my eyes, Rangers are the biggest club in the world. If, um, if an English Premiership club came knocking, as he got to do the same way as and um I will just refer the listeners to my comments on Alfredo Morelos the last month um, if they want my opinion in Moody Strikers. Yeah, no, that's it. And, and that's what, it's not just about the player. It needs to be the, the person as well in terms of if they want to, you know, be it. I've got no problem with players coming here from from the leagues, you know, from Belgium, from, from all the Scandinavian markets, wherever. And if, look, if their end goal is to play in one of the top five leagues, fine. But there needs to be a way. In, we, they need to go about it the right way, and they need to do it with their performances, and, and they'll be rewarded and, and, and for that. Not throwing your toys out the pram, you know. If, if there's a little bit of interest, um, which we have seen with, with, with players that we, we've currently got now, so um, that's really important. But yeah, that Instagram thing about the, the other Belgian clubs, I didn't, I didn't really like that about Raskin. I, I've got to be honest. So moving on to the, I suppose if you include Raskin that the fifth and final player, um, well, six, sorry, I'm losing count. Um, someday I want to bring to the table and 
every time I bring this to the table, I get hounded on Twitter or follow, follow, or even our own YouTube comments. Um, but it's Christmas. It's if you can't be yourself at Christmas, when can you be? So be kind in the comments. I want to bring to the table Kevin Nisbet, and I shall tell you for why. Um, I think we are definitely going to be in the need of at least two strikers over the next two windows. Um, that's assuming that Antonio Cholak says, um, uh, I, I realistically see Alfredo Morelos going and then we need, I think we need at least three strikers and Kevin Nisbet isn't going to play 60 games a season. He's not going to start 60 games a season, but he's going to add value. Um, not, I've said a few times over the last month that not every player who comes in has to add value uh, for 60 games, but they do need to contribute in some way. And I think Andres Felicia is a really good, um, uh, a really good comparison. He's never got to be a Rangers hero. He's never got to be a Rangers legend. He played, what, less than 20 games, but he got nine goals that season. We won the league on Walter's last was last season um, and that just shows like, that was nine goals that held us towards the league incidentally I think Kevin Nisbet would score a lot more for Rangers um, I think you only need to look at Michael Beale's first game uh, how dangerous he can be that's his first game back for injury um, David I'll come to you first he's in 82 games for Hibs he's got 28 goals it's more than a 1 in 3 return rate um, it has as of January, he's in the last 18 months of his contract. So it's not quite as the sky-high price that Hibs would have wanted over the last two years. We would maybe have to pay, what, maybe between one and two million or a wee bit less in the summer. I think um, at the, the ripe old age of 25, someday we could get a good three, four years out of and consistently contributing as a second striker or off the bench? Well, I think it wouldn't be uh, the biggest disaster in the world if we were to uh, sign someone, you know, really depending on the on the value that we get in terms of the price. So I think if the player, player was easy to deal with, I think, you know, he's already shown that he will score goals in the SPFL and we would be uh, certainly, you would hope, be able to provide, you know, more ammunition for him in the box than, than Hibs do because we would tend to be a, a wee bit more dominant in, in games, so a lot more dominant, hopefully. But the, certainly it would be dependent on, on, on the price, but certainly could he do the job? Yeah, he, pro- he probably could, yeah. He's, it wouldn't be the worst. But it would be in comparison with the other options in the market, so I, I think there'd be down south... You know, I think we could go through. Michael Beale will will bring a wealth of knowledge, you know, as to who's available in some of the lower leagues down south. And if Scott Nisbet say, you know, analysis stands up to that, and uh, then I would not be uh, manning the barricades. You know, Ibrox should uh, should he uh, turn up at Ibrox? You know, certainly would be because if he's coming to the, we could do a deal with him. Then uh, Kevin Nisbet, I think, would do a job for us. So is that is that kind of qualified yes for me? Well, I'm taking it, man, because not very many people agree with me in this. Um, Mason, I'll, I'll bring you in. He, the boxes he ticks other than being a proven goal scorer at, the, at this level is um, I think he's shown how quickly he can develop. And we look at he first became really prolific in the championship with and Fermanagh Athletic, 23 goals in 32 games. Made the jump up to Hibs, hit the ground running. He also, so so at that point, I do think he is coachable, and then there is more to come for him. And even if it's not a Rangers, I think he will go on and have a decent career down south um, in the Championship. Already got a Scotland cap, but again, he ticks that box for having a Scotty, a homegrown player. Um, what's your thoughts on Kevin Nisbet? I'm sorry, Colin. I'm not. I'm not. Not one for, for <laughs> I'm not one for Kevin Nisbet to be honest, mate. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've got to be ah humbug. <laughs> That's come up and everything. Um, he does like a goal at Ibrox, though. I'll tell you that. Um, I feel like every time he plays against us at home, he scores. Um, look, I, I can understand it. It would be a safe signing. It would be a safe signing. But if we're going to go Scottish and down the homegrown route for for another striker, I'd rather us go for Ross Stewart of Sunderland personally. Um, 
But Ross Stewart, yeah. who was in the papers for being being at, valuated at ten million pound. <laughs> no, he's out of contract in the summer. Oh really? Well, yeah. that's my fault for reading the papers. <laughs> he's out of contract in the summer. I think Sunderland do have the option of a year. Up. I think Sunderland do have the option, but um, I think his goal scoring record. Um, League One last year, he, he was he was really good, you know. And, and again, it comes back to that maybe we could have got him for him and got him for the next to nothing when he lost when he uh, left Ross County. He had a really good season for Ross County. The year we won fifty five, and, and he went down to Sunderland. And he's been injured uh, recently, but he just he scored Saturday, and I think he, he scored a few goals in the championship this season. But yeah, you know, and I think he was I think he was someone that 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 uh, Ross Wilson did look at in the summer. Um, I, you know, I don't know if it was one if, if Cholat deal fell through that was who they was gonna go for um, but but you know I don't, I don't want to come away from, from Kevin, Kevin Nisbet um, I can understand it I can understand why you know yourself and uh, and others would, would and I can understand why they wouldn't um, maybe I just can't get over the fact that he's a, a Celtic supporter and that might be <laughs> that might be the main reason uh, to be honest but see that is so bizarre because um, you hear all the Celtic fans saying oh we could never sign him man he's, he's one of you and all the Rangers fans are like oh he's a Tim I, I don't know if it's it's probably a jag. He played for Party Festival, yeah. but but I think you make a, a a really good point earlier about um you know us us needing to sign players from from our league and the best Rangers teams have had players you know Scottish players from from the league. They know the league. I think that's really important, and I hope that that's something that we go back to, um, even if it's doing it from you know younger, getting the younger players um, because that that's that's something that we've not done in, in a long the best ones anyway. Um, I think if we're being honest, the best ones have gone down south or they've gone to the other side of the city. So that's something that we need to to get back on top top with. And uh, but Kevin is bit Colin. I'm I'm sorry. To, you know, it's Christmas. I'm, I, it's a no for me. Davy um, Mason's came with. Uh, he's rejected my signing. Came with a counter proposal, um, which is, I suppose, it was manners after flying me under the bus. Um, but his suggestion of Ross Stewart. I, I would agree. I, I think if I had the option out of Nisbet and Ross Stewart, I, I would take Ross Stewart. I think he's a better player. Good finisher. Um, proven that he can do in the league. And I think they both got that that kind of raw raw strength and they can handle the battle that you need in Scotland. So I suppose my, my question to you is, if that's that type of player, if Alfredo Morelos goes, if you were to Sign the the kind of raw, mark, no mark here type, but a, a physical presence up front. You've also got Cholak, the um, the first touch finisher. Which what other type of striker would we be looking to come in? Is it somebody just to fill fill a space in the bench, or is that a different style of player you'd be wanting? Uh, well, I would looking for someone who would kind of complement uh, big big Tony goals. So I think it would be in that model. So. You would think Ross Stewart and and uh, Antonio Cholak were going to be similar type players, aren't they? And as someone who's just uh, I mean, Nisbet would be one of them, who's a bit more you know on the ground, you know, rather than the human battering ram type player, you know, someone who's going to bring a wee bit more technical ability, you know. So closer to what Alfredo is, it I guess rather than you know the kind of target man type centre forward, which uh, you know Rangers have traditionally done very well with. You know, we've had a number of, you know, very good target men type centre forwards, but they've usually come with, you know, their uh, a trusted lieutenant, you know, in, in terms of someone who's just a wee bit more mobile in the box. So, you know, McCoyst and Haightley, you know, both had a number of combinations. Uh, <clears throat> Derek Parlane, you know, someone who's just a wee bit more on the grounds. So it would... Uh, I'm sure there would be options, but Ross Stewart would be a, would be a good signing. But I think uh, if as it would be complementary to Antonio Cholak, then probably Kevin Isbitt would be a, a better fit for that. I, I would guess, you know, who's going to do more a wee bit of the running outside the box and uh, and, and su- supplying as well as you know supplying assists as well as goals. So it would be a uh, <clears throat> Alfredo. I think as his time is probably up, but it'll be interesting to see how it goes with Alfredo in, in the January transfer window because uh, I think we're going to learn a lot about him personally, and it, you know we're going to find out for sure how valuable he is, how you know he is to the Rangers management team because I think they'll be prepared to uh, do a deal 
because I think the time maybe it's, it's overflow is the no, so because I think we, if we don't if we don't get money for uh, Morelos in the transfer window in January we will not get any money at all so that kind of forces our hand in terms of moving him on and getting something from him even if it's just the, the return of the money that we uh, put out on him so that means that you know we will probably be required to go into the market in January and get a, a centre which kind of overtakes you know the priority of the midfield and maybe a goalkeeper and a right winger which uh, it would otherwise be because I think if Alfredo was to sign a new contract, the priority then immediately goes back to the midfield and, and strengthening that area and maybe a goalkeeper. So, as, as we said, you know, there's a number of balls in the air here to juggle and, it, and, and how one deal ends will affect how the, the, the likelihood of another deal progressing and there's going to be a, a, a number of moving wheels and levers here. So, I'm just hoping that we're doing the, the homework now. Ross Wilson and Michael Beale will have had that conversation from the moment he crossed the door in terms of looking at our options, dealing with the board in terms of what would the budget could it what could it be, and you know, and, and the options in terms of moving players out to to free up salary to bring other players in. So so many options available here, Colin. It's uh, it's but I'm sure and I'm I'm that we'll be doing that homework now, so that we have get a, we're at least aware that when you know the whistle starts in the transfer window, we're we're placed to you know who who we're looking at, who we want to go after, sound people out. I'm sure we'll be doing it now. I mean Ross Stewart and uh, Nisbet, if we aren't sounding these guys out now, then uh, we're probably even if it's informally, this kind of off the record sounding them out. You know in terms of what are your intentions. Because we would certainly need to be putting some sort of strategy in play to make sure that our squad improves. That's just that's their job, after all. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see how how aligned our view of the rebuild is with the board's view of the rebuild as well. Because I think I think realistically, and this isn't heat in the oven uh, time. I don't feel it is anyway. I'm not reacting to this, but I can't feasibly see how we wait to the summer to start rebuilding. We need to start in January. Mm. Um, I think one right. one final point I'm going to ask on both of you. Um, I know your I know your opinions on it. Um, I'm in the group chat with you. We speak to each other on the podcast um, every week, so I know we're all in agreement with, that we do need at least one new keeper. My question to you two fine gentlemen, starting with Mason, is. Do we move for one in January or can we hold off to the summer? I think this is one that's been doing the the rounds. And, and again, there's different views on this. Um, if you go on follow, follow Twitter, you know, see comments, you know, in our comments is people saying, no, we need to wait to the summer. No, we need a goalkeeper. That's really important. Um, I am. I think midfield is the most important, but I can also understand why people, are, you know, want a new number one. In. I just think that, McGregor's not going to go in January. Um, McLaughlin's just signed a new deal and so is McCrory. So unless one of them was to go, I just don't see us, you know, spending wages on, a, on, a, on another keeper. And it's not a case of us just getting another keeper. It's a case of us getting a, a prop, the next Rangers number one, because the, the goalkeepers we've got at the moment, in my opinion, none of them are, you know, McGregor, Rangers legend, but, but his time is, is up now. Um, I think we're seeing that. Um, but Colin, it might come down to again. We're talking about the, the goalkeepers that are coming, looking at goalkeepers that are coming out of contract uh, in the summer. And we might be able to do a pre-contract deal straight away, and then the club they're at say, look, you know, you can take him for for a cut fee, and and it kind of works like that. But again, you know, you're still going to have four goalkeepers on the wage on a heavy wage bill, uh, which we've got at the moment. But the, the again, I've done a little bit of looking at goalkeepers coming out of contract. Jack Butland would be a, a decent shout. Um, for me, um, he's at Palace. He's he's number three now because uh, Sam Johnson's uh, a goalkeeper who's moved last season is is there. But again, it's just wages. But um, I, I think Jack Butland's a, a good keeper, and I think that is one that we should be at least asking the question to for the summer. Twenty nine year old as well. Um, you know, a decent like get a decent return on him in terms of length of service potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, approaching he's oh, ideally the peak for a goalkeeper. Um, David, I'll post the same question to you. Um, do as 
a goal is a goalkeeper a, a priority for January, or do we hold off to the summer and try and move off one of these keepers, or do we try and get four? Uh, I would think we would be holding off into the summer for a, for a goalkeeper. I think we can mitigate the the requirement for a goalkeeper by sorting out the central defenders. So because the three uh, get their act together, you know, and we we improve the our midfield, improve the central defence, then our goalkeeper's less exposed, which makes it less of a priority to replace the goalkeeper immediately. So we would need to uh, probably kick that can down the road. And looking at the summer, McGregor's not only has got a year's contract. McCrory's been given a new contract, so maybe it's time for him to uh, to, to step up and, and be given his opportunity. Because uh, McLaughlin, in the in the time that we had a wee look at him, is uh, doesn't seem to be the, a long term solution. So certainly next summer we've got a decision to make in goalkeeper, but I don't think January will be a. Uh, but it's not. We we've got other things. We've got right wingers and midfielders to find before we worry about goalkeeper in January. And uh, your funny friend, one hundred percent agrees with you by the sound of it. Never was it be said that the gallant few is not a dog friendly podcast. Um. So I think that's um. That's us approaching the hour mark, and as good a time to wrap up as any. Um. Obviously, Christmas Day. Um, I hope everybody's had an absolute cracker. Um, that this might be on in the background. You might be watching a hungover on Boxing Day, whatever. If you can leave your leave in the comments your thoughts on this players we've suggested, uh, it'd be good to good to get the feedback on um, on where the the listeners' thoughts lie in it as well. And if you can, if there is any players who you think we should be doing that in January. Um, depending on how many suggestions we get, we can run another one of these transfer wish lists throughout the month of January. Um, but it's really get your get your names in and we'll suggest it. Sorry, you suggest it, we'll chat through it and we'll go around and say yeah or nay. But all that's left to do is, again, thank you to my two very, very merry elves. Well, one merry elf and one who's absolutely knocked me for six by disagreeing with me. First of all, the naughty elf, elf in the shelf, Mason Stewart. <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> uh, yeah, Nisbet will probably sign in January now, and, he, and he'll go and you know top goals for it. But uh, now, thanks for having me on. I uh, enjoyed that. Um, you know, looking forward to to what the comments say because um, I've missed that missed that tonight. And last, but by no means least, David Park. Thanks for coming on, mate. Thank you, Santa. It was uh, it was my pleasure. No, it was good because it would be interesting to hear from, you know, the listeners and 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 comments as to what the 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 list would eventually look like because you know there'll be lots of suggestions here. It would no one has a monopoly of wisdom, and it would be interesting to compile, you know, the suggestions and see who the who the top three, top five were. You know, in terms of what the what the Rangers support things is, is, is in terms of our priorities, you know, in terms of the areas and, and what players in particular, you know, because if the same name keeps reappearing, then uh, we'll just give uh, Ross a call and just put him onto it, you know, and just let him know. Because uh, clearly from what we've saw in the last two or three transfer windows, he doesn't know everything. So maybe we just tip him off. He already steals a wage in your days. Work for him. <laughs> you know, <laughs> someone's got to do it. I know. But no, but I get your um, get your comments in, and that'd be good to see the what whatever the the reoccurring names are or anything that catches or I um we'll chat through. But on that note, we'll be back with you on Thursday night uh, live preview uh, reviewing the the game against Motherwell. But again, just to reiterate, I hope you all had a wonderful time, a very merry Christmas. Um, hope all your family, your loved ones are safe and having an excellent day. Until next time, we are the people. Take care. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.